Welcome to the Financial Coaches Network, a show to help financial coaches build and grow successful coaching businesses by focusing on the three pillars, getting clients, working with clients, and running the business. I'm Garrett Fulbin. Over the first four years as a coach, I grew a successful financial coaching business to over 80K in annual revenue. And I'm Joshua Escalante Troche. As a tenured professor of entrepreneurship and a consultant, during the past two decades, I've helped more than a thousand entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses. So get that pen and paper ready or open up the notes app on your phone. It's time to build your ideal financial coaching business. So welcome back to FCN's podcast. What are we talking about this week? This week, we are continuing our conversation conversation from last week around group coaching programs. And today we're going to talk a little bit about how do you fill a group coaching program? So should we start off with how is filling a group coaching program similar to finding one-on-one clients? Or should we start off with how is a group filling a group coaching program different? Let's start with the different. And we'll kind of build it out from there, right? Sounds good. You know, a lot there, and mainly because there's going to be a lot of similarities, right? Most of the marketing that you're going to do for one-on-one coaching is going to be very similar to what you're going to do for group coaching. The big difference between one-on-one coaching and group coaching is the timing of getting clients. And this is a really, really key thing, right? You know, a lot of people will start doing group coaching And they will say, all right, I'm going to have eight people in the group and I'm going to price it with the assumption that if I have five people in the group, it will be profitable for me. And then they end up with one person in the group and they end up doing one-on-one coaching for a ridiculously small amount of money. And I think that's like the biggest concern that you have to have when you're doing group coaching. Right, is how do you fill that group? How do you make sure that the minimum number of people you need in order to be profitable is met? And how do you then price that so that you get that minimum and that minimum isn't so large that you'll never fill that group? Right. And I think that's gonna that's the biggest hurdle to group coaching programs. Right. It, it's it's making sure that you get a sufficient number of people starting at the same time. Right. And there's a lot of challenges in related to getting people started at the same time. Right. Number one, you have to have a pretty intensive marketing campaign. And you have to have that marketing campaign tied to a timeline. Mm-hmm. And that's that's probably the biggest difference. Right. If you're working one on one, you can have marketing elements out in the wild, right? And people just move through that funnel at their own pace. And when you get to, when they get to that end of that funnel, awesome. It doesn't really matter how busy or not busy you are. It's, hey, great, let's sign the agreement and we can start tomorrow. So you tell me, Mr. or Mrs. Client, when you want to start, or I'm booked up for three weeks. So you tell me, Mr. and Mrs. Client, when do you want to start? Three weeks in the future, (laughs) right? And there's nothing you have to really worry about with regards to your marketing. And if people say, oh, that's too long, right, for that three weeks, then 
the problem of being booked up solves itself. <laughs> then you have a choice of, do you squeeze them in? Do you say, sorry, I can't help you right now? Do you go, oh, hey, I should have scaled to a group coaching program a year ago to anticipate today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you, yeah, yeah, then decide what to do in that case. Yeah. So you do have that choice, but you should never choose, do I squeeze them in? I agree. Yeah, that throws you off. And it's unfair to the other people who've already started working with you. Yep. With a group pro- coaching program, you don't have that luxury of just allowing people to work through the funnel on their own, right? Mm-hmm. You really have to time people in a manner where you're going to have that minimum number of people making it through and joining that group coaching program at the same time. The big thing there is start dates, right? Yeah. How, do you, how would you set dates. a start date? How do you choose how long to run the marketing? So I've seen on Facebook recently a person who has what what appears to be a very successful business. And they started up group coaching programs. And they were promoting their group coaching or their group. Yeah. Coaching program. And what they what they did. So my answer to the, to this is don't do what I'm about to tell you they did. Perfect. Good to know that right. going into the story. Yes. And what they did was they said, I'm starting up group coaching programs. There are, you know, 12 spots in each group. We're going to be doing them live on probably Zoom, right? Don't know that for sure, but something right akin to zoom there are 12 spots feel free to sign up for those 12 spots here are nine different live times and how does that last... work so they they said here i have nine different groups all starting at the same time just different days so there's 12 groups in each of the nine slots no 12 or, or nine groups with 12 openings yes in each of the times so all starting at the same out, time, same month. However many, that's math that my head is not doing right now, but that's a lot of people. It was a lot of people. It's like a hundred people. Yeah. So now if you have a massive audience and they are all clamoring for this and so on and so forth, I still wouldn't do it. <laughs> right. You might, you could maybe get away with it, but. Yeah. It, but that's, that's still a huge risk. Yeah. Right. So, you know, what you don't want to do is you don't want to start with, oh, and and I know exactly why this person was doing it. Not because I've talked to them, but because I know why people do things like this, which is I want to make sure this is successful. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a Tuesday morning slot, a Wednesday evening slot, a Thursday afternoon slot, a Saturday slot. Right. They're they're trying to lay out all of these different slots so that people who are interested can actually get into one of those slots. Right. A little bit of something for everybody. Exactly. And unfortunately, what that does is it makes it very, very difficult to fill any of the groups in any way that's substantive. Mm -hmm. It increases your chances that of the nine people that you're going to get attracted to your group session. Each of them chooses a different slot. And now you're doing nine one-on-one coaching sessions for very little amount of money. Right. Right. So step number one is don't have a lot of groups, right? If, when you start off, 
Start small. Yeah. One group, choose a time. It's going to be anxiety driving. It's going to create a huge amount of anxiety about what should I choose and when, right? If you have an audience, put out a poll for when would be ideal and then choose that time, or at least choose the time that's best for you amongst those. Of the times. Of the times, right? And then get, and then actually go through and get a, and just commit to that one time. The other thing you want to be careful of is don't have a group of 20, Mm. right? Having too large of a group, number one, when you have 20 slots and five of them fill, if that is visible, Mm. then people are going to look at that and go, oh, it's not very popular. Right. If you have six slots and four of them fill, fewer people. I need to to jump in there because there's only two left. And exactly. As much as we as financial coaches try to get our clients out of scarcity mindset, we need to create the scarcity. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And so, um, and so, yeah, I think that there's a lot to say for creating that scarcity. Saying Mm -hmm. I'm going to have one slot. They're going to have one group. I'm going to do this once a quarter. They're going to be, you know, we'll do it for one month, let's say. So let's say it's a one month program. I'm going to do this once a quarter. You're not going to have access to it for two more months. There is only six slots available. And then you let people sign up for it. And once they're filled, or I, I'm not saying six is the right number. Maybe it's eight, maybe whatever the number is, right? Once they're filled, you then look at, oh, I've got, yeah, have a mechanism for people getting on a wait list, right? And then, oh, I've got two people on the wait list. Great. I'll wait until next time and then invite them directly in addition to the other group. Oh, I've got nine people on the wait list. Oh, I'll open up another group of six. Because not all nine are going to actually go from the wait list to paying clients. If you have one on the wait list, I think I know what your answer is going to be because it's very similar to what we just talked about. But if you have one on the wait list, let's say you set it at six, Mm -hmm. do you let the one in or do you make them wait? How do you make that decision? Because that's a little bit different than squeezing in a one-on-one client. Right. That's really going to depend on how you advertised your group. Mm -hmm. Right. If your language was small groups, right, then yes. If your language was a group of six or less, then no, you don't let them in because now you're changing the agreement that you had with the the other group of people. Mm -hmm. And my guess is no one's going to quit the group because I was expecting six and now they're seven. Right. Yeah. But it does create an environment where you've chipped away at the trust that you have with your audience, mm-hmm. right? No one's going to really care, but it is going to plant a seed in the back of their mind. Yeah. Probably not a conscious seed, like you said. Right. Most people aren't going to just quit because it's six to seven, but subconsciously you walked in with one expectation and a part of the rug was pulled out from under your feet. Maybe not the whole thing, but you kind of slipped on the corner on your way in and now yeah. you're just a little bit more cautious. Yeah, and that cautiousness is really important that you pointed out because yeah. 
the fact that you're more cautious means you're going to be looking for more rugs to be pulled out from under you. Mm-hmm. And when people are looking for something, they find it, whether it's there or not. Taking the rug metaphor one step farther, like mm-hmm. when you are buying or selling a house, you got to make sure, oh, there's a little snag in that one screen. That's fine. No, you need to fix the little snag in that one screen, because if they notice the little snag in that one screen, they're also going to notice that that baseboard got nicked sometime and that that wall wasn't painted perfectly. And all the little cracks start showing up as soon as one of the little cracks gets noticed. Yeah. Whether it's really because does anybody really care if there's a little nick in a baseboard? Okay, yeah, some people do. But do the vast majority of us care about something little like that? Probably not. But if attention is brought to it, then it starts bothering you. And then they don't leave you glowing reviews and tell all their friends to join your next group program next quarter. Yeah. Yeah. The more that you can, the more that you can create consistency, especially with a group, the more important it is. Right. Uh, One of the other things that's going to be very different about getting people into a group program is the nature of the conversations, how you characterize them in your marketing. In your marketing, you know, finances are always a personal, very personal thing for people. Mm-hmm. It is really hard to open up to a random stranger, right? Even though you've been reading their, you know, website and talking to them for a while, it still feels like a random stranger. Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening is so so there's this trust that has to be built between you as the coach and you as the person. And that trust needs to be addressed, probably not directly, but in (laughs) a multitude of ways through your marketing. Mm -hmm. Now you're asking people to open up about something personal for them. If they're looking for coaching, probably something that they're embarrassed about, right? That they feel some feelings of shame around, right? And you're asking them to open up in front of multiple strangers, One random stranger who you've sort of been following and connecting with for a while in as much as you do on the one-sided internet relationship. And a whole bunch of other people who are maybe or maybe not in the same situation that you are and may or may not be secretly judging you and may or may not openly judge you. Mm -hmm. So come and spill all of your financial secrets and tell me exactly how much debt you have. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's a really big thing that you, you have to address that far more, far, far more aggressively in your marketing, mm-hmm. right? You also have to think about, and, and part of addressing that is identifying and pushing why the group makes sense, mm. right? You may have a sense of what that is. And that kind of ties into last week of, should I have group coaching? Mm-hmm. Who's your niche? Yeah. If your niche is a group of people who value community and you know support from other people and who you have done research and know that hearing from other people in similar situations is going to make them feel really good and not isolated, then you can bring that up in yeah. your marketing. Yeah. Yeah. So all of that is going to be a, a big, big part of that group coaching right? That, that marketing, you have to be addressing those things. Um, you know, the next big thing with the, regard to groups is 
you have to think about where that group fits within your larger marketing ecosystem, Hmm. right? So is the group, is that group coaching effort at the beginning of that marketing ecosystem Mm -hmm. or is it at the end? Said another way. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Is the point to get people into the group coaching program full stop? Yep. Or is the point to get people into the group coaching program so that they then sign up for further one-on-one coaching? Yeah. Or whatever other offerings you have. Yeah. And depending on what that is, that's going to change how you try to get people into the groups. Hmm. Right. You'd be and the, and the main reason for that is is you if it's full stop, right? That's the end of your marketing. So your goal is to get people into groups and you want to group do group co- coaching as the end all and be all of your business. And that can be a very profitable, very successful business, right? Mm-hmm. Then your marketing really has to emphasize the value of groups, why groups are so important, why they're going to get more out of it. Right? Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if you are, if you are, looking to try to get them into one-on-one right afterward, right? If it's the middle of your marketing ecosystem, then what we have to start thinking about is how do we position the value of the groups in a way that doesn't overemphasize the value of groups, right? We don't want to say groups are worthless. No. So come join the group, right? And then join my one-on-one, right? But right. We, we want to make sure that we're thinking about what is the language in our group, in our marketing for our group coaching? And how is that language going to be interpreted, going to integrate with, going to, going to influence the language and the receipt of that language from people in the group as we start talking about transitioning them from group coaching to one-on-one? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people think of those as two separate marketing activities. And so they'll have their language in their group and then they'll have their language for their one-on-one and they've kind of set themselves up for failure for that transition to one-on-one because the language in the group, because we're so excited about selling the value of the group, that language in, in the group marketing actually harms our ability to be successful in that transition. Because it feels like a completely separate thing because you've been marketing in it as a completely separate thing. Yeah. And because you have a self-selecting audience, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You have people in your groups who have selected into groups based on the language of your group marketing for, I want to be in a group. Mm-hmm. That is value that I want to get out of it. And now you are trying to pitch to people who have already said what I want to be is in a group. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're trying to pitch them to switch to one-on-one, right? Now, there may be other people who saw your advertising that would be interested in one-on-one, right? And that transition might've made sense, but the language in your group marketing kind of self-selected them out. Mm -hmm. And so these are the things that you want to think about it as you're thinking about if you're going to be adding groups or having groups really be really consider what what does the language of your marketing for group coaching programs what does it say when it comes to that transition if you want that transition to happen to one on one 
right? Is it supportive of it or is it a hindrance? To put you on the spot, because you know Go we always it. love doing that. Do you have any examples of did, you know how how would you make that group to one-on-one transition? Like do you use the same wording in both? You can't use exactly the same wording in marketing for both. Do you only market the one-on-one to people who've already done the group? So so if you, if yeah. your funnel is, you know, funnel stuff, group coaching to one-on-one coaching. Mm-hmm. How does that marketing work? Do you yeah. give people a path from the top part of the funnel or the bottom part, however you want to put it, from yeah. the big part of the funnel to one-on-one skipping group coaching? Or do you try to funnel everybody through? I guess so, that's kind of two different questions. Yeah, no, it's a lot of different questions, but I love it. So <laughs> let's start with, no, you should never, ever have it where people can bypass the group if you're going to have a marketing ecosystem where the group is the step between that and the one-on-one. Because then your funnel starts leaking. You got you well. You, that's one problem. Another problem is now you're running two completely separate marketing campaigns, hmm. right? Which either means an enormous amount of resources, both time and money, for both of them to be successful, or neither of them will be successful. Nike has a lot of different marketing campaigns, but Nike has a much larger marketing and sales budget than. Most if of you've got marketing's Nike, Nike's marketing budget, by all means. Knock have yourself that. out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, that's the first reason. The second reason is, like you say, you have a leakage, right? You have people that start in one area and then they bounce to the other and, it, and it's probably not going to be effective from the perspective of their journey. But you also have an enormous extra amount of work that you've created for yourself. Because your one-on-one clients, you have two completely different groups of clients, one that have gone through the group coaching and have that basis of foundation and another one that have not, which means you need two completely different programs, Mm. completely different sets of meetings, completely different things that you do in the meetings. And that is a lot to manage. Yeah. It's not a lot to manage when you have one or two clients. You can totally do it, right? (laughs) It is a lot to manage as you scale and you grow. And you need to always set your business up with the perspective of, I want this, I want this to work when I've got 50 clients, not I'll make it work for now and then switch later on once those clients start coming in. Right. If you don't want 50 clients, then you have a little bit more flexibility. But if you aren't looking to grow to have that many clients, then having group coaching as a funnel to your one-on-one isn't going to make a ton of sense. So, no, group coaching with your funnel to your one-on-one can totally make sense. What you don't want is you don't want people to bypass it, right? So let's say in, in the group coaching, by the end of the group coaching, they have, so let's give an example. Group coaching is all about tracking expenses and setting an initial budget. Mm-hmm. That's what you're doing in group coaching. You're not doing anything else. One-on-one is all about putting together a debt management plan and ongoing accountability, right? Mm-hmm. That's what the one is. So that's kind of the, we'll say that that's our difference. I'm not saying that's what it should be. I'm just right. an example to work with. Yeah. All right. So now you've got people that are going into one-on-one coaching and half of them have tracked their transactions. Mm-hmm have built a budget 
let me stop there. Okay. <laughs> and the other half of not. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to need to have one group of people need that are one-on-one go through a series of things for tracking their transactions and building a budget. And you're going to have another group of people that are jumping into the middle of that program. Mm-hmm. And that is a management and tracking nightmare. Yeah. Right. Which is doable, like you were just saying, with a small number of clients. So if you only want a small number of clients, it's not as big of a deal. But chances are the reason you want a small number of clients is because you don't want to spend a ton of time. There we go. You don't want to devote the time, whether it's because you have another job going on, whether it's because you're retired, whether it's become because you have small minions running around your house taking over. Yeah. I have one of those, but she's at kindergarten, so it's great. So whether it's because it's because of the time. Yeah. And you have the same issue with time as you would if you were trying to scale. Yeah. The impact is the same. It's just impacting something different. It's impacting the rest of your life as opposed to your coaching business. Yeah. That makes sense. Right. On top of that. So you answered your own question. That was pretty impressive. (laughs) On on top of that, you also have a psychological difference, Mm. right? You've got one group of one-on-one coaching clients that are coming in psychologically prepared for that one-on-one coaching, right? Right. They've already identified expenses that they don't care about as much as their main goals. They've already identified a budget that they're comfortable with. Now, yes, it takes time to actually live that comfort, Mm -hmm. right? But they're psychologically comfortable with it. They've already gotten over the difficulties of, I am, I have to actually express myself out to other people and my anxieties and my you know, issues around money, right? All of those things, they've psychologically gone over those hurdles. And now you've got another group of people that are at square zero. Yeah. And that's a really hard thing to manage as well, because you're even in the functionally same conversations, they are at completely different psychological stages. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that there's a real big difference between those two. And you want to be very careful about allowing people to bypass the group if the group is going to be a part of your ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what the other things were that we were talking about relating to that, what your other qu- aspects to your questions were. I think we covered most of it about okay. do we, do you let people skip? Do you have separate fun? No, you, you basically want one funnel. Yeah. You just have to figure out what is the smallest portion of that funnel. And if it's group coaching, put that there. And if it's group coaching to one-on-one coaching, make sure everything is pointing in that direction. Yeah. 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 Oh, and the other thing is you asked for le- at examples of language. Now I remember. Oh, examples yeah, yeah, yeah. That would harm, right? So example of language that would harm would be, would be if you were talking about group coaching from the perspective of, you know, group, one of the main things that you need to have is you need to have a community. And that community can't just be the two of us, right? That statement, the community can't just be the two of us, has set up an idea in their mind that one-on-one is not as valuable. And now what you're doing is you're going to try to transition into one-on-one. Now, the argument that people would make is, oh, yeah, but you know, I, you can, we're going to have community through other ways, right? But now you're, now you're putting 
fingers in the in the dam, right? Mm-hmm. The but, rug is getting pulled a little bit more yet again. Yeah, but you've still created this thing where community can't be one on one, right? You know, and now we're doing so much stuff one on one. Yeah. Right. Well, and now, the, the statement honest. the statement community is community is valuable implying that community is more valuable than one-on-one. So now come pay me more money to work one-on-one with me is complete cognitive dissonance. Which one's more valuable? I thought community was valuable, but now you're charging me more for one-on-one that you told me was less valuable. So suddenly this makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. And that's another example of language that can be harmful, Mm -hmm. right? If we're we're saying that this is more valuable than one-on-one. Yeah. And so for all of these reasons, you want to, you really want to look at it from that perspective of when that transition happens, how is this each individual sentence going to play in someone's mind? How could it be twisted against me? And be very careful not to rationalize away those concerns, <laughs> right? What? Well, yeah, you that could be twisted against me, but that's not the type of client I want. Guess what? Yeah. Humans are real good at doing that. <laughs> they are. Yeah. So Even the best of us. Or the worst of us in my case. Well, yeah. So, yeah. I said us. Well, I guess you're, yeah, anyway. We are just about out of time, and we have not yet touched on similarities between filling one-on-one versus group. Yeah. I can touch on those. So the similarities really come down to one basic thing, right? Which is, what are the problems, the specific problems, not people don't have a budget, but the specific problems of your niche? And how do you you communicate how those problems are going to get solved, Mm -hmm. right? That is the major similarity, right? There's all sorts of other similarities of like, you'll probably use a lot of the same type of media and blah, 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 right? But the ultimate core of that similarity is what are the problems and how do those problems get solved? Now you're probably going to communicate how those problems get solved slightly differently. So we're back to differences, right? Mm-hmm. In group versus one-on-one, but it still has that same foundation, right? Here's the problem. Here's how it's going to get solved. And then the details of that explanation is, is still going to be different between the two. Yeah. So, Makes sense. Yeah. It's still the same. You're, you're doing the same thing in a different format. Yeah. So you communicate similarly with differences. Yeah. Now I will throw one more wrench out there. Oh. Okay. We talked about so one last way to fill a group. We talked a lot about group, then one-on-one. Or straight to group, end of story. Mm-hmm. There's one more formula that we did not talk about. And that is one to group. Yep. And one on one to group, that could be another way to fill groups. Mm -hmm. Instead of having your group lead to one on one, you can have a three month program, a four month program, whatever you have, lead to a six month group program. And you just sort of build people out, build, build it out that way, right? I'm not saying a three-month program or a four-month program to a six-month program is the right formula, right? But it's important to realize that if you're doing one-on-one work and then there's ongoing accountability, 
conversations and wins conversations, right? That could be something that could be done in a group setting where people move from the one-on-one into the group for the for those types of conversations. And then have that shared accountability with the group. And it's not that's not the best way to do it. It's not the recommended way. It's just, it's an option to consider. It's not, not a recommended way. Right. It's, it, it's, it's one of the options. Yes. And and that can be something that that is a much easier way to fill a group, right? If you're going in that direction, because now now we've got the other question of how do we fill one on ones, right? So so yeah. we've solved the problem of the groups by creating the problem of the one on ones, but it is an option that that is something to think about. Got all the options on the table. And as we talked about last week, depending on what your niche looks like, can kind of answer which one is best or is group coaching even good for my niche? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. We're at time. We're at time. So next week, we will be talking about more of the practicalities of how do you run a group coaching program and how should you format it and that kind of thing. So we'll be back in a week. To have that conversation. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. It also helps iTunes and everything else know that you liked it and suggest it to other people. And if you can think of one person, a financial coach or someone aspiring to be, who would connect with what we talked about today, share it with them as well. If you're ready to take the next step and build your successful financial coaching business, FCN has turnkey resources to help you get clients, work with clients effectively, and run your business efficiently. Head to Financial Coaches Network backslash start here or Financial Coaches Network backslash stall if you're Sean Connery. Thank you again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast.